Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Ria. Once again, good morning. Welcome to Community Christian Church on this absolutely beautiful Christmas occasion. How about one more round of applause for our music and production teams? What an outstanding job by everyone. Okay, in just a few weeks, Community Christian Church will celebrate its 27-year anniversary. 27 years as a church. And in case you don't know this, we started way back in February 1992. And you talk about the good old days. There was nothing like Community Christian Church in 1992. We had about 50 people coming to the church at the time. Everybody was fired up and enthusiastic. We couldn't wait to get to church every Sunday. I mean, for us, it was the honeymoon stage. There were no huge financial headaches, no mortgage payment, no building upkeep. And keep in mind, this was the time before email, before everyone had email. And so if I said or did something that offended people, if they got upset, they actually had to make an appointment to talk to me face to face. Can you imagine that? And I still remember that very first Christmas, Christmas 1992, we were at Burr Elementary School in the gymnasium. There was a packed house of about 100 people, and we worshiped the Lord underneath the basketball nets. Some of you will remember that. In fact, we have some photos to show you. This was our full adult choir in 1992. And you'll remember some of those faces, especially that really good-looking girl in the middle. That's Therese. Yeah. And then we also had a children's presentation, a short children's presentation. It was called King of Kings. That was in 1992. And then some of our students actually did the special song. They performed Little Drummer Boy. And then at the close of the service, we all sang Silent Night, and we all lit a candle. It was a very beautiful time in God's presence, Christmas 1992. That was 27 years ago. And 27 years as a church means that this is the 27th time that we're celebrating Christmas together. And with the exception of just one year, Christmas 2010, when I was lying in a hospital bed with AFib, and couldn't quite make it to the service, with the exception of ju just that one year, I've had the privilege of delivering the Christmas message every other year. And so if my math is correct, this is my 26th sermon for Christmas. 27 minus one is still 26. So I've done this before. And I'm extremely passionate about today. You're gonna find out in just a few minutes. Well, a couple of weeks ago, when I first started to prepare for this particular message, I had a really hard time coming out of the starting gate. And I sat there in my home office, staring at my laptop screen, and with the exception of typing Christmas 2018 at the top of the page, I had nothing to show for two hours of work. And the reason why it was so difficult is because this is the 26th time that I'm doing it, 
and I wanted to come up with the absolute most original Christmas idea you could possibly think of. Well, finally, with a degree of frustration, I finally said to the Lord, why are you hanging me out to dry here? Can't you see I'm stuck and I'm struggling? I could use a little divine inspiration. And that's when the Lord gave me a response. Very, very profound response. Made up of four words. You want to hear what it was? Just tell the story. You got to love God. Just tell the story. And that's when I slapped myself in the head and I said, why didn't I think of that? Why am I always trying to make this way more difficult than it is coming up with the perfect sermon? Just tell the story. That's the wisdom that the Lord laid out for me on that occasion. Just go back to the scriptures, review the story, and tell it. Because that story, the story of Christmas, the story where Jesus is introduced to us is by far the greatest and most amazing story ever told. And the story hasn't changed. It stands alone. And it doesn't need a good intending preacher like me to color it up and try to make it any better than it really is. And uh, speaking of sticking to the same story, my little grandson, Gio, he's four years old. He has a favorite story. He likes to review it all the time. It's Bambi. You know the Disney movie? Whenever he comes over to our house, he always wants to watch Bambi. And his favorite part in the story is when Bambi's a little older. He has a girlfriend by the name of Feline. And they're kind of dancing around, prancing around in the field, in the valley. They're enjoying life. They're gazing into each other's eyes. And life is good. When all of a sudden a rogue deer shows up, Gio likes to call him the mean reindeer by the name of Rano. And Rano wants to take Bambi's girlfriend. And so he takes uh, Feline away and she cries out, Bambi, help me, Bambi. And so Bambi moves into action and he fights for Feline. He defends her. And after a couple of rounds, he headbutts Rano down the cliff. He tumbles down the hill and he falls into the water and Rano runs away. And Gio absolutely loves that part of the story. He wants to see it over and over and over again. Back it up, Papa, back it up. And, and we watch it. And then after we watch that story, he wants to play it out. He wants us to do it. So he's Bambi, Teresa's Feline, and I'm Ronald. And we set up the great room that way, and we have the valley, and we have the water, and we have uh, the forest, and so they're playing around, having their date, uh, Bambi and Feline, and I come out from around the couch, and I attack, and I try to steal Feline, and then Bambi gets really tough, and he puts on his, his game face, and Gio gets like this, and he starts fighting me, and then he kicks me down the cliff and into the water, and I run away, and Gio's the hero jumps up and down. He loves it. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we were running through this same routine. You know, Feline and Bambi, they're out in the, in the valley. I come around. I steal Feline. Gio fights me. 
knocks me down into the water. But instead of me running away this time, I come back and I say to Gio, now I'm going to fight you and take away Feline. He says, you can't do that because I beat you and you got to run away. I says, yeah, but I'm changing the story. And I'm going to take Feline this time. And he sat down on the ground, on the floor, and he hung his head and with tears he said, but I don't want you to change the story. I want the story to stay the same. I want the story to stay the same. And that's God's intention with the Christmas story. Throughout the centuries, people have tried to modify the story. They've tried to make it more understandable. They've tried to analyze it and say certain facts about the story that we have in the scripture are not true. But I'm going to tell you the story again. The story that stands alone. The story that comes right from the scripture without any personal opinion or interpretation because that's the story that God wants us to review every Christmas. So let's look at it from Luke's perspective. Luke chapter 2. We'll read verses 1 through 12. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their town to register. Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. Mary wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified." But the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A what? A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Okay, that's good. I want to ask you a couple of questions that you should immediately be able to answer, especially if you were paying attention while I was reading. Question number one, what was the sign that God gave or the sign that God provided? What was the sign? It was a baby. Remember the angel said to the shepherds, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That was the sign that God gave to the shepherds. That was their way of knowing that what the angel had just said was indeed the truth. The message that the angel had just given to the shepherds was the truth because God was given the sign, the baby. Okay, now the second question is, what did the angel just say to the shepherds? What was the message that God was attempting to communicate? Well, here it is in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He's Christ the Lord. In other words, that little baby is the long-awaited Messiah. Friends, this is what Christmas is all about. 
It's the day when God left his throne in heaven and came to earth as a man. The day that he, God, was born of a virgin, wrapped in human flesh, and eventually paid the price for our redemption. Can you see why I said this story stands alone? You can't make this stuff up. It has to be the truth. Plain and simple, that little baby born on Christmas morning, the one lying in an animal feeding trough, is God. That was the sign. That baby in the manger is God. The baby is God. And when the angel was making his introduction of the miracle birth of Jesus, the angel said to the shepherds, in case you're not getting it, this is good news. This is news you can use. In fact, this is good news of great joy for all people. How many people? All people, including me. Could I get you to say that, please? Including me? Again, including me. One more time. Including me. This is the message of Christmas. Good news of great joy for all people, including me. And so a few weeks back, when I started to review this story in response to the Lord's prompting, I read every aspect of the story, not just the ones in the gospel, but everything that had to do with the birth of Jesus, including some of the Old Testament prophecies. And when I got to the passage that we just read earlier in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, Good news of great joy for all people. When I got to that last part, those last two words, all people, the Holy Spirit of God prompted me to remember a verse of Scripture way back in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. And at that time, in Genesis chapter 12, God is having a conversation with a man by the name of Abram. We all know him as Abraham, so let's call him by his name that we know him by. Abraham. God is talking to Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through through 3, this is what God said to Abraham. Abraham, I want you to leave your country, your people and your father's household or your home, and I want you to go to the land that I will show you. And Abraham, the reason I'm asking you to do all this is because I plan to make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I mean, make your name great. Abraham, one day you're going to be famous And you're going to be a blessing. And furthermore, all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. How many people? All All the people, including me. Could I get you to say that again? Including me. One more time. Including me. So this statement that God made to Abraham, the last statement that we just read, way back in the book of Genesis, It sounds a lot like what the angel of the Lord said to the shepherds on Christmas morning, doesn't it? I have good news of great joy that will be a blessing for all people. 
You see, in telling this Christmas story this morning, the same Christmas story that you've heard for years and years, I want to try and expand your horizons a little bit. I want you to see the fullness of the heart of God, the glory of God, because the scripture says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he doesn't change. And God is world-minded. He always has been, he always will be. With God, it's all the people, all the time. No exceptions. And so this morning, I want to suggest to you that the Christmas story doesn't begin with the Roman census calling for more taxes. It doesn't begin with Mary and Joseph having a baby in Bethlehem. The Christmas story doesn't begin with a heavenly host of angels singing glory to God in the highest. No, this story, the most amazing story that you'll ever hear, it begins 2,000 years before all that. When God tapped a man by the name of Abraham on the shoulder and said, I want you to father a nation, and that nation is going to birth my son. And through him, that's right, through Jesus, all people of the earth will be blessed. That's the message that God presents to us. And that's why a little earlier in the service, we took you all the way back to the Old Testament and we shared a couple of Old Testament prophecies with you. We did that to show you and to prove to you that Jesus was always a part of the plan. From the very beginning of time, God knew that we would need a Savior Someone to save us, the human race, from our sins. That's what a Savior does. Saves. So way back in the book of Genesis, as far back as we can go, God was already creating, already writing the Christmas story. Jesus is that lone descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Judah, from the seed of David, that now stands King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the little baby in the manger. That was the message of the angel. The baby is the sign, because the baby's God. And Jesus was introduced to us on Christmas morning. However, in all reality, the Christmas story started some 2,000 years before the first Christmas. And here it is some 2,000 years after the first Christmas, and Christmas is still in full swing. Because our great God, today, just like in Mary's day, is still fulfilling the 4,000-year-old promise he made to Abraham. God is still calling all people. He's still reaching out to all people. Every language, every tribe, every tongue, every single person on the face of the whole earth. And so who needs Christmas? Not who should celebrate Christmas, but who needs Christmas? The simple answer is everyone. The world needs Christmas. And when God sent his son into the world on that very first Christmas, he had all people in mind. And as a part of that all people group, God thought of you. He thought of you. He thought of you. God thought of each and every one of us. He had us 
in his mind and on his mind. And in case you have forgotten or have lost sight of it for whatever reason, Christmas is still a message of hope. It's a promise of hope even when or especially when situations seem hopeless. And I sure hope that you don't think that this is the only dark time our world has ever seen or known. From my vantage point, the world continues to prove just how desperately we need what God was passing out on Christmas morning. We need Jesus. The world needs Jesus. All right, I want to share one final Old Testament prophecy with you, a prophecy that you didn't hear earlier, and this one was also fulfilled on Christmas morning. It's one of my favorites, again, found in the book of Isaiah, one of the greatest prophets in the history of God's covenant people. You'll see this verse that I'm about to quote written out on many Christmas cards even today. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are the names associated with that little baby lying in the manger on Christmas morning. And all of these names, all four of these names, represent a specific, unique, and powerful gift that God wants to give to us. And please believe me when I tell you, God is no Scrooge. He absolutely loves Christmas. And like everyone else, he thoroughly enjoys passing out gifts this time of year. And since God is world-minded, and everybody in this room is a part of his world, I've already established that, Let's pass out a few gifts today. Because this is something that God wants to do for us today. He's not asking for anything. He just wants to give us a gift. And so here's what I want to ask each and every one of you. I've listed four gifts here. I've given you four gifts. Which one of these four gifts represents your most pressing need this Christmas? Which one of these four gifts that God has given to us do you really need God to perform for you or to move for you on your behalf? Is it wonderful, Counselor? What a, one, what a tremendous gift that is. Is that what you need most? You know, about 33 years after Jesus was born, he became a man, he fulfilled the purpose that God had given to him. He, he, he lived out the mission of, for the reason he came to this earth. And just before he left earth and went back to his throne in heaven, he gathered his disciples together. He said, I'm going to go now. I, I have to leave you for a while, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he is going to be your counselor. He will walk with you. He will guide you every step of the way. He will help you with tough decisions. He will be there when you find yourself in trouble. And as we close out this year, 2018, just another week or so left to this year, and we look forward to 2019 with great anticipation, God wants to show us the way. The Holy Spirit wants to help us. 
in every situation that we need him to give us that guidance. Is that what you need this Christmas more than anything else? Is a counselor? That's one of the gifts that the Christmas story provides for us. Or maybe for you, you need Jesus to reveal himself as the mighty God, the God who's more than enough. Maybe for you this Christmas, you need a Christmas miracle. There's nothing else is going to do it for you. Well, if you need a Christmas miracle, you've come to the right place because we believe in miracles. We believe that God is a God of miracles and that nothing's too difficult for him. We've been able to share a few miracles over the past several months. God is able to do all things exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. With God, all things are possible. Mary proved it. Whenever you have a little virgin girl give birth to a son, that story has miracle written all over it. So maybe you need God to perform a miracle for you. It's one of the gifts that he has provided for us, the mighty God. Next is everlasting Father. Maybe what you need most this Christmas is for your heavenly Father to drape his loving, caring, compassionate arm over your shoulder and let you know how valuable you are. Allow him to bring assurance and comfort to your heart. Maybe you never had that kind of relationship with your earthly father. Maybe your earthly father never gave you that kind of esteem or attention and it's left a huge hole in your heart. God wants to fill that, heart, that hole. God wants to let you know how important you are to him, how much he treasures you. And even in the best of family situations, if you have the perfect relationship with your God, with your earthly father, there's nothing that can compare with the strength and the embrace that God gives to us. Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 27 says, the eternal God is your refuge or your dwelling place. And underneath you are his everlasting arms. Is that what you need this Christmas more than anything else? Is the strength and the stability that God brings to sustain you through whatever you're going through? So there's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and finally Prince of Peace. In our world today, with so much hatred, violence, division, anger, could you use a little peace of mind? Well, here's the truth. Genuine peace comes by first making peace with God. See, Christmas time, it's a time of reconciliation. It's a time when God called for us to be in right relationship with him. That's what Christmas is all about. Reconciliation with God. In fact, one of the top ten Christmas carols of all time, we sang it here already this morning, is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinner reconciled. God and sinner reconciled. Again, the angel of the Lord said to the shepherds, 
This will be a sign to you. You're going to find a little baby lying in a manger. That baby is God. He's the Savior of the world. And the moment that Jesus was introduced to us, he symbolized the start of the reconciliation process between God and sinners. Unless you forget, we have all sinned and come short of his glory. God is so interested in the peace that he gives to us through reconciliation. So there's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Which one of these four gifts would best suit you this Christmas? While you think about that, I'm going to ask you to please bow your heads. I'm going to take just a couple of minutes. I'm going to ask that you give me just a few more minutes before you do a lot of moving around. This is really important time right now. We have some spiritual business that we want to take care of. I promise I'm not going to drag this out. But I sense that the presence of the Lord is in this place. God is drawing us to himself. And in a crowd like this, we don't know where people are at. We can look on the outside, but we don't know what's going on on the inside. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask every single one of you, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and you're thinking about what I just said, I'm going to ask you to take a risk. That's why I'm going to ask you to get way out there on a thin limb this morning. Not those of you who may be unbelievers only. I'm talking about every person in this place. If you've been a Christian for years and years and years and you've been to 50 Christmas services, What I want you to do this morning is not just believe the Christmas story. I want you to appropriate it. And I want you to understand that God is ready to give you a gift. This is where the whole gift giving comes in in the first place. He's not asking you for anything. He's giving stuff away. Things that we need. The government is on his shoulders. He's in control of all things. He's just asking us to look in his direction. And while you think about what best, what gift best describes your need, I want to speak for just a second to those who absolutely need Jesus to reveal himself to you as Prince of Peace. He gives the gift of peace when there is no peace. It's not the kind of peace the world gives us. It's not what we talk about when we say, I wish we had world peace. This is an altogether different gift. The peace he's talking about is reconciliation with God. And some of you have never received that gift. You've never presented yourself before God and said, God, here I am. I desire to make you the Lord of my life. I want to surrender my life to you. And I receive the gift of Christmas in my heart. Some of you have already done that. But right now, truth be told, you're far from God. Through a series of events or things that have taken place, you're not in a place where you would call it reconciliation with God. And so what I want to try to do this morning is to encourage God and sinner reconciled. God and his people reconciled. You know, the Bible tells us that God 
loves us so much, his love is so great, and his mercy is so rich that he made us alive in Christ Jesus while we were yet sinners. He didn't wait for us to clean up our act. He didn't wait for us to make a commitment to him. He reconciled us to God through Christ before we made any decisions. John 3.16, the hallmark verse of the Christian faith, validates that, confirms it. It says, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're here this morning and you've yet to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've yet to surrender your heart to him and ask him to come and lead you, or if you have done that, but for some reason you're outside of that close relationship that you know you can have with God, then I want to lead you to a place of reconciliation this morning. If that's you and you feel like the Lord is prompting you to do this, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand and then you can put it right back down. Go ahead, lift it up. Thank you for all these hands. Thank you. Anyone else? This is a day of reconciliation. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll wait just a couple of minutes because I, I feel this is so important. You know, sometimes we just go through the motions. We're people and we, we really don't know how to make our way back to God. Sometimes we don't have to. He makes our, his way to us. And if you'll open your heart, this is what he wants to do for you this morning. One last time. Anyone else, if you haven't already raised your hand, thank you. You want to have peace with God today, whether it's for the first time or the hundredth time. Anyone else, raise your hand. Put it right back down. Father, we thank you for all these hands. We thank you, Lord, that the Christmas story is all about reconciliation, God and sinners, being brought together again. We thank you for this miracle gift that you gave to us. And that the angel of the Lord, the, the message that we have, that that little baby lying in the manger wasn't just a miracle baby. That little baby is God. He's the Savior of the world. And he came to give us life. Life here on this earth and eternal life forever and ever. I thank you, Lord, for every person who raised their hand. If this is their day of visitation, I ask, Lord God, that they would take that next step to get to know you. That, Lord, they would be willing to surrender their lives fully to you and say, wonderful counselor, lead the way. Guide me and show me where I need to be. For others, Lord, who are in need, we pray that this would be their day, Lord. This would be their season, their, their Christmas, where they would receive the most spectacular gift you have to offer. We thank you, Lord for being such a good giver of gifts. Amen. Let's all stand. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.